Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. Let's welcome tonight's speaker, Corey. And I'll, I'll try and speak for that long. So. Um, so, hi, I'm Corey. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. Hi, Corey. And um, unfortunately, I, or, or fortunately, I, I am a grateful compulsive overeater sometimes. I, I love the steps, I love the program, I love the fellowship. Um, I first came into program in 1992 at 32 years old and 300 pounds. Um, I had two babies um, and wanted to die, but knew I couldn't die because I had two babies and I couldn't do that to them, but I was, um, I was miserable and I was 300 pounds heading to 400 pounds and saw no end in it. I had done everything to try and lose weight and had failed and failed and failed and failed. Um, I'll go back a little further than that because my bulimia started in high school. I think I started being, I think my mom says I was born a compulsive overeater. My mom was overweight when she was pregnant with me and lost 20 pounds while being pregnant with me. So I came out starved to death um, and I loved food. I was always, you know, my brother never ate. He could get in trouble for leaving stuff on the plate. He'd go to bed with food stuffed in his <laughs> cheeks because he would, no problem, you know. We'd, we'd, he'd just squish it off to my side and I would eat it so that, you know, we both could go off and play after dinner. Um, my first diet, I remember at maybe 8 or 10, I can remember going to TOPS meetings with my mom. Um, my mom did Weight Watchers many, many times. I did Weight Watchers many times. Um, she went to work for Weight Watchers. I did the what I called the uh, diet a week. I could do anything for a week, and I had a mom that had a library full of diet books, so. I would do one for a week, then I'd do another one for a week, and then I'd do another one. Um, while smoking in the girls' bathroom in high school, I heard about purging and thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever heard. You could eat all you want and then lose it and then turn around and eat again. Um, and I mastered that to the point where my diet became, I, I lived on a liquid diet because that made it easy to get, I could get myself full enough on liquids, milkshake -y type stuff, um, and then lose it. Um, when I got caught purging, because you end up being very sneaky as a bulimic because you don't want anybody else to know what you were doing, uh, I blamed it on my mother. My mom and I always had a very stressful relationship and and so, you know, I, I didn't feel good because of my nerves because my mom was such a bitch. And in high school, you know, every, everybody believed it, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a hard sell. Um, I was in a car accident at 18, I got rear-ended, and that kind of put an end to my bulimia because I had a hard time um, 
getting to the bathroom. And I was in a lot of pain, and throwing up is a very violent thing to do, and when your back is not wanting you to move, it's not a real easy thing to do. So in a lot of ways, that saved my saved me. Um, not to say I didn't try later down the road um, to get do it again, but it eventually I was so heavy that you know I knew I couldn't purge a hundred pounds, a hundred and fifty pounds, though I wanted to because I still wanted to keep eating everything I wanted to keep eating. Um, I met my husband in college, and um, he was of normal weight and normal food person. Um, he did this thing called dessert every night after dinner. I didn't know what that was because my mom had had me on a diet my whole life, and so you eat dessert every day? And so, of course, well, I wanted to do that too. And eventually, um, eventually we, we would watch these, Channel 9 used to have cooking shows on every Saturday, and we would watch these cooking shows in the morning, and we'd go to the grocery store, then we would cook all afternoon, and we'd cook these huge meals, and you know, he'd eat maybe one and a half meals, and you'd make four to six, and I'd eat the rest. Um, had two babies in there, two high-risk pregnancies, um, and like I said, at about 32, I, I wanted to die. I had um, a woman across, two women across this, lived across the street from me that were probably over 400 pounds, and at that time I was 300. And I, I knew I was gonna be them. There was no stopping. I tried to convince myself that it was my destiny to be fat and that, you know, it was just life and, and um, I wanted to be that fat, happy Italian mama. And I'm not Italian, but I wanted to live that, that life anyway because I could pull it off. Um, but I was miserable. It didn't work. The more I tried to, to be happy in my body, I was not happy. The voices in my head were, were horrible. Um, my mom, actually, the person who I have more issues with than anybody in the world, found OA. And one Mother's Day in 1992, my mom walked into um, brunch and looked amazing. And she was calm and peaceful. And when she looked at me, I didn't get that look of disgust that I always felt when she looked at me. Um, whether it was a look of disgust or not, I don't know, but that's just I always, you know, it's like, oh, God, how fat is she going to get? That was what my head told me, she said. And I didn't get that. And so I was interested for once in what she was doing. Normally, if she went this way, I went that way. No problem. And she had found How Away. And so I went to my first, shortly after that, I went to my first How meeting my mom tells me she was at that meeting. I have no memory of that. I would say she wasn't there, but doesn't really matter. I got there. Um, the woman leading the meeting had lost over 100 pounds, which was a gift from God. I just look at that as, you know, that was my higher power doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Um, she had what I wanted. 
and she had done what I didn't think people could do. I didn't know without surgery you could lose that kind of weight. Um, and I, in those days, you couldn't get bariatric surgery, you know, unless you had lots and lots of money, and I didn't have lots and lots of money. Um, so she actually became my sponsor and was my sponsor for a long time. It took me over a year, I think it took me about a year and a half to lose 150 pounds. Um, and I got down to 138 pounds, which is too thin for me. But I loved it. I had, and, and I don't forget this, my boss at the time said, you're skinnier than all the bimbos I like to date. And to me, I will never forget that. It was the best compliment I'd ever had in my life. You know, I was thinner than, than bimbos, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and unfortunately, I, had to, I did have people started getting very concerned about me. But I, when you have so much weight to lose, you get in a, you know how to lose weight. Maintaining was not something I'd ever done before. Um, and so having to change my food plan was really, was really hard. Um, I finally got to um, a good weight for me was between 150 and 155 pounds. And at this time, I was 34, and I think there's there's some younger pictures of me in there where I'm I'm looking pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good, and um, life is good. I'm working a program. I have a higher power, which I'd never had before. I grew up in a, a home with a mixed religion. I have a mom who's Jewish and a dad who in those days I said the P religion because I wasn't sure whether it was Presbyterian or Protestant. I just knew it started with a P. Um, but I didn't, other than one summer, go into Bible study so that my mom could get rid of me and my brother for a week. I, I didn't have any, any religious upbringing. Um, in high school, went looking for God, never found God had ideas, went in and, you know, looked into the whole thing of that we came from outer space, um, all kinds of different things, um, trying to find, you know, what worked for me. Um, which in a lot of ways I'm really grateful because when I came into program I didn't have a higher power and in this program you get to create your own higher power and my higher power has evolved um, throughout the years in program. Um, and what I need from my higher power is unconditional love, which is what, what, what it is for me. And I feel these big arms that just hug me and tell me everything's going to be okay. Um, because that's what I need. I didn't grow up feeling unconditional love. I always felt, at least from my mother, um, very conditional love. Um, so I liked the fact that I got to create my own higher power. My first sponsor, as I, she was a very wise woman, and how she got me there was she was very good at pointing out the miracles that happened. The fact, for one, that I gave up sugar and flour. I became abstinent. Um, she was very good at pointing out all the little miracles that happened in the first 
you know, 30 days, the first months, um, and pointing out that it wasn't me that was the reason these things were happening. And the whole phrase, act as if, was huge in my life. You know, she said, what does it hurt? Act as if you got a higher power. So I acted as if I had a higher power and eventually came to believe that I did have a higher power and there was something greater than me doing for me what I had never been able to do for myself. Um, as I said, I, I looked good there for a while and four years into program, I thought I'd been cured. I thought I didn't need the program anymore. I didn't need you guys anymore. Meetings were getting really hard to find in my area and I thought I could do it on my own. And so I left program for four years. Um, I put back on 100 of the 150 pounds that I had lost um, and came back to program in 2000 and had to relose the weight again. Um, the one thing I didn't do the first time when I came into program, I had heard in a meeting that um, all I had to do was work the first three steps and I didn't have to do the fourth step right away. So I knew when I came back in 2000, I had to do the fourth step. I am, I am one who does not like to feel. I do not like the discomfort of feelings. I don't like to get mad at people who I'm mad at. Um, I, I want everybody to be happy and can't we all just get along? Why do I have to, you know, why do I have to, have to feel all these uncomfortable feelings. I don't like doing that. Um, but I knew I needed to do a fourth step. And so in How OA, we have these horrible 170 questions that I don't know if any of you guys have heard about, but they're awful. And I knew I needed to do them. So I got on our phone list and I picked somebody I didn't know because I didn't want to share all my deepest dirt with somebody I was going to see every day or every week in meetings. And I found a gal um, on the phone list I didn't know. I just started at A, I got to Anne, and um, she was one of these people that argued. Everything I said, she took the, the other side. And I'm like, okay, God, why did you do this to me? But I did it. I did the 170 questions, and I'd had enough of Anne. And um, Anne was moving, and back in those days, cell phones charged you long distance and I just told her I can't afford to pay the long distance to call you anymore and I found myself a new sponsor. And I found this lovely woman who we sat down and talked and she says, I think you need to do another fourth step. And I'm like, you've got to freaking be kidding. And we did the fourth step in the big book, the big book way. And it was the best thing I ever did. And um, what came out of that for me is I kept trying, as I said, my mom is my my thing. I'm sure I got to be 300 pounds just to see if she'd still love me if I was 300 pounds. Um, what I learned out of that is I kept trying to make my mom into something my mom isn't. And she says, you keep trying to put your mom in this mom box that she doesn't fit in. And it's something in that just clicked in my head. My mom is who she is. And, and she may never be what what I see a mom to be and I had to, I have to learn acceptance and I have to still to this day learn acceptance um, because she's still alive and still in my life and I choose to have her in my life even though sometimes that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, 
In fact, my sponsor right now keeps trying to push me into therapy because my mom was just here for Christmas and I was a mess. And she doesn't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> um, but I didn't eat over it. And that's the one thing I know <laughs> is that food is not going to solve my problem. Um, and, and food has never solved my problem. It only gives me one more thing to feel bad about myself if I eat things I shouldn't eat, if I don't weigh and measure my food. Um, I haven't eaten sugar and flour for probably since 2000, not that I'm aware of. Um, and um, in how we weigh and measure. I will say I am not always the best at weighing and measuring. I'm really good at breakfast and lunch. And I go out to dinner. I don't take my scales with me. When I go out to dinner, I try and eat a healthy meal and not overeat. Um, as we get older, unfortunately, we can't eat as much as we used to. And I'm very much struggling with having to change my food plan um, because I put on weight even being abstinent. And my sponsor says, well, when you're ready to change your food plan, then you'll be able to get rid of those few pounds that you've put on that you don't want to put on anymore. Um, but in God's time, it's, um, I, I don't, I try not to feel guilty about it. Um, and I'm healthy and I'm not on cholesterol medicine, blood pressure medicine, any, I'm not on any medicine. So um, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. The program has given me a life. It's given me a relationship with my children that I don't have with my mother. Um, my kids, um, I have a daughter 27 and a son 30 who, who like me and my husband and um, want to spend time with us. And I attribute that to program in that I let them be their, their person who they are. I try not to judge them, which is, as I think I was sharing with Scott in the car on the drive over here, before I came to program, I was very judgmental of everybody. I would have sized all of you up, figured out what was wrong with you, and then turned around and felt I had the right to tell you and fix it for you. Um, in programmed, I learned that's not my job. And who the heck do I think I am anyway for passing judgment on anybody? Um, my life is not perfect. Um, and, and I don't think I said co-addiction in there, though my sponsor would really like me to also go to CODA and to Al-Anon, and um, though I don't think I put multi-addictive, because food is, my, food is my drug of choice. I've spent my life um, not feeling with food. Um, I talked to a sponsor five days a week and actually I six days because I see her at my Saturday meeting. I like doing that. I have sponsors that say, well, why don't you only call me three times? It's like, you know, I need to do this every day. Um, I am a very strong-willed, self-willed person and I need that constant contact. I have sponsees who I talk to every day. Um, most of my friends in my life are program people because <coughs> program people get me and they love me. Uh, I did not have a lot of friends um, 
growing up because I always felt like I was the outsider. You know, I was part of a big group, but if somebody was going to be left, I always knew it would be me. I'd be the one that, you know, there wouldn't have been enough room in the car for me. Um, grew up very, very much feeling like I was on the outside. Um, what else? Um, I do 10th steps regularly. I'd like to say I do one every night before I go to bed, but I don't. Um, I do them as they come up. Um, I have a little app on my phone that um, that I go in and I answer some questions. I call somebody, I bitch about it. Then I turn around and I call two people and I don't talk about it and I do service to get out of myself. Um, I find that to be <coughs> the most helpful thing that I do on a daily basis. Um, I should, on a pretty much daily basis. Because like I said, I'm, I, liked, I don't like not being happy, so a lot of times I really can try and pretend that I'm happy when I'm not happy. And people get tired of hearing about my husband, so um, I have to just grin and bear it sometime and know that it will pass. You know, his mood will pass. Um, what else? I meditate. Um, I have a great app on my phone, too, that I um, called Insight Timer that has thousands of guided meditation. I'm not one that sits quiet very well. If I sit quiet, my head's going. But if I have music or a calm voice or a, a sound of water or something, I can get quiet. Um, I went to the OA birthday party this past two weeks ago, I think it was, down in LA. And I highly encourage you guys to go get outside of our area and um, heard a wonderful speaker who talked all about, he did this thing about aligning with your higher power. And that's what you know the program is all about. This is a spiritual program, it's not a diet program. Um, food is not the problem, this is our problem. This is my problem, my head, my thinking, my ego. Um, it's a program of ego reduction. Um, I am one that does not, I don't, being here and talking to you makes me pretty uncomfortable, not really. I would much rather be out there with you guys listening to somebody tell their story than me telling my story. I want to be another bozo on the bus. I don't want to be driving the bus. I don't like being the center of attention. Um, so ego reduction was something I liked that. I was like, okay, I can, I can work on that one. Um, I have worked the steps many times, many ways. Right now, I'm loving the big book. Um, I mean, I always love the big book, but right now I'm, I'm loving working the steps in the big book. I go to two to three meetings a week. I do a, a Vision for You meeting on a Tuesday night where we read the big book a paragraph at a time and share on it. Um, it's a meeting where there is no abstinence requirement to speak. Uh, everybody is welcome. Um, I go to another meeting on Saturday mornings at seven o'clock in the morning, which is my, my normal, my big meeting that I go to that there's lots of people at, lots of fellowship. 
Um, a lot of people call it the pancake meeting because everybody goes to breakfast um, at a restaurant out in Walnut Creek that serves a abstinent oat bran pancake. I personally don't eat them because when I eat them they make me want to eat all day so I don't eat them but a lot of other people they work for and um, so if you ever want to come out to Walnut Creek to 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning it's a there's probably about 40 people in the meeting. It's a, it's a good size meeting, um, lots of recovery. Um, what did I say? I sponsor, program is my life, and, um, and it gave me life, and so. I'm almost done, right? Yeah. Am I good? Yeah. Okay, good.